Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. Uh, before we play our normal introduction, uh, our normal um, audio, our normal, you know, having fun, um, yes, we have a serious side. Yes, we have an emotional side. Yes, we are human. You know, Red Velvet is a worker, but she is also human. She she has a life. So do I. I'm a host, and I have a life. And today, we both lost a great friend, a great supporter, a great person who supported everyone that was in the wrestling business. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name in respect for the family's wishes, and that's what we should all do, respect the family at this hard, hard time. Uh, death is not something very easy, especially when it's unexpected. But I do want to say with a lot of guilt in my heart, uh, you know, for what has happened, I do know he's resting in heaven right now. And uh, basically he went to sleep and he woke up in heaven. And um, my prayers, my condolences, uh, my wishes go out to his family, uh, to his kids, to his uh, girlfriend, wife. Uh, to everyone involved that knew him, whether it was friends, uh, family, etc. My wishes and prayers are with you. Um, Red, I don't know if you want to say any last word, quick words or anything. I don't want to. I just want to say uh, my condolences to the family. And, you know, death isn't, it's not anything easy to handle, but, you know, just my prayers and positive vibes to the family. All right. Well, guys, um, if I may have your attention for a couple seconds, let's please just have a couple seconds of silence as we give him a 10-bell salute and uh, send his prayers to this family.
Crystal City Radio. You hear that uh, motorcycle in the background there? That was me, uh, you know, revving my Harley, you know. Uh, yeah, don't, don't be jealous that I drive a motorcycle and you drive a buggy. You wish I drove a buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. I am your host, George Alonzo. Welcome. Now we're going to have a little fun here because I, I know our friend, our supporter would just want us to have that, which is fun. But basically, uh, you know, welcome to another fun edition of Russell City Radio. Uh, again, I'm your host, George Alonzo. And, of course, with my sister from another mister. Uh, I always get this wrong, so I'm going to try here. <laughs> but uh, straight out of your mama's kitchen, yep. uh, FBW's own Red Velvet is back. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Another, another episode, another radio show, another talk. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, great. In the new upgraded studio, uh, you know, everything's getting better. We're going to have in two weeks the Great Balls of Meatballs cookout. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that nickname. I just came up with that. Great, put it again on great Balls of Meatballs. Anyway, uh, in two weeks, you know, on top of that, we also have a very special guest here on our show coming up later. Uh, former NWA Continental Heavyweight Champion will be here, Mr. Will Huckabee, known as the great, the Incredible Huck, which incredible. I have to admit, man, I wonder if the Incredible Hulk is with his favorite Marvel character, with all this craziness with Marvel now taking over the theaters. Have you even had a chance to see any Marvel movie? I know you're busy, but... We're not having that I need to get a hold of your agent and say, listen, give Red Velvet a chance to actually go watch a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Red, before we continue talking about the show, I know you were absent last week, but for a very reasonable doubt, because the re- week before, you actually had a great show uh, where you actually went up against Gemini at the FBW Survive 6. At the end of the show... You actually showed your intention to go after the Army of Darkness, uh, including Gemini and including, of course, the women's champion. Do, do you have the eyes on the prize once again? Uh, definitely. My eyes were never taken off the prize. And, um, you know, I was the first FEW Women's Champion. So I think she's just keeping it warm on her shoulder for me because everyone knows I'm back and I'm coming for what's mine. That That is interesting because we all know you were actually very dedicated to a workout regimen last week, uh, something new that you're preparing yourself when it comes to your next battle, your next war against the Army of Darkness. You, these people have been a thorn on your side ever since you became women's champion, hence how they stole the title from you in the first place. Uh, is there anything you could tease for us of what you've been doing uh, to to get back? You know, because you, you look actually more swole. Thanks. I've been trying a whole lot of cake. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, uh, you know, they say it's not really about what you do best. It's perfecting what you don't do best because your weaknesses got to become your strength in order for you to be all around. So, I mean, they can 
continue to hang around in a mob of five, six, ten, twenty. You know, I have a good man on my side, the FEW heavyweight champion, Mr. Johnny Velvet, came to my rescue, so as I did for him. And that's all I really need. I don't really roll in a bunch, you know. I think they're a little intimidated, and that's why they're running in a big group, but it's okay. I have to say this right now, and I know this is kind of like a cut it, uh, cut into the conversation that we're having, but it feels so good to actually see the face of my co-host. <laughs> because before we used to have an L desk, and I would have to turn around just to be oh, like, girl. hey, Red, <laughs> right behind me. But now it's like side by side. This is a lot better, more comfortable feeling, even though the desk kind of makes me feel like a midget. Uh, I, I feel like it's a little taller than me. But either way, we'll get through. But basically, guys, Russell City Radio, we're here to talk about a couple topics, uh, of course. And by the way, Red, congratulations. Like I said, you're looking great. Uh, a lot better in shape. It looks like whatever you are doing uh, is working, and I can't wait to see you go after that. And, of course, uh, hopefully the ring announcer, Pants, will be there. I think you need to wear a belt. (laughs) (laughs) I think the headbangers proved that. Yeah. Uh, But, but, hey, but you can't hate on me. My gimmick went over. It did. Pants is trending worldwide. I hate you so much. Anyway, but guys. No, but thank you for announcing for us. You came through, so well, we, we got to thank you for that. Well, hopefully uh, it's more than one occasion for that situation. Uh, but guys, we also have some major topics here going into Monday Night Raw. Bro, what a – wow, look at me talking all bro, girl. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we, what a Raw we had last week. Probably one of the best we had in a long time, according to the internet wrestling community. But basically, uh, guys, last week we saw a lot of things, uh, including the return of the monster, Braun Strowman, coming in in an ambulance uh, while Roman Reigns was facing Samoa Joe, where Samoa Joe ended up choking out. Uh, Roman Reigns and winning the match due to distraction. But basically, Braun Strowman came down, stomping to the ring, beating up Roman Reigns, and then challenging him to an ambulance match at Great Balls of Fire. Braun Strowman, by far, is probably, in my opinion, the best big man I've seen in a long time. The guy's agile, the guy's strong, the guy's entertaining, and the fans are behind him. So I think he has it all to become a success. Now, with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns now happening at Great Balls of Fire, Red, yes. who do you have your money on now? Well, you know, sorry <laughs> if I get booed. You know, I'm a Roman Reigns fan. You know, I have a little tiny crush on him. So uh, you, you don't I'm always going to cheer him on, you know? You're hosting this show by yourself. Cool. All right. Take it over, guys. <laughs> Red Baldwin on the mic. Yeah, listen. If I, I'm Braun Strowman all the way here. Don't get me wrong. He's a monster. Like, he definitely is going to be a good match, you know, just, good competition. But uh, got to stand behind uh, my man and I see Roman Reigns. Look, I'm Braun all the way, so it looks like we're going to have a brother and sister rivalry here. So what I'm going to do is do this, Red. I'm going to okay. challenge you to a contest. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to challenge you. And I don't usually do this. Lorraine is my witness on this. But every single time I put it on the line, a person has either forfeited or lost. And I'm not going to have the same situation with you. 
So come July 9th, Braun Strowman for me, Roman Reigns for you. If Roman Reigns wins the ambulance match live July 9th on Facebook Live on our fan page, I will shave my entire beard. This entire thing. I think if anyone was watching live right now, you would have to like put, tell me to close my mouth. Because I'm legit with my mouth open right now. I will literally shave the entire thing. And I will look like a baby if I freaking have another FPW booking. But basically, yeah. Now, if you lost, oh man, if you lost, you would have to cook a red velvet cake for me. That's it. <laughs> it, it, it yeah, listen. He's shaving anything off of me. Hey, you're going into the, you practically go into labor in that situation, and I will go into depression knowing that I freaking shaved off my facial hair. Unless you really want to shave it, and then you just use it. <laughs> no, I do not want to shave this. This is my baby. This is my goatee. Is my my go-to thing. I've never. I rarely shave this thing off. You're so, confident. I'm confident. Yes, I'm very I'm confident. Uh, Wait, you have a deadline to meet this week? Because, I mean, if I can't no. make it to the movie, it's <laughs> Okay, fine. If you either could make the cake or if your schedule is too cramped because of, obviously, your training and so forth and your booking, you have to come on that following week and say George is the best. Easy enough. I'll do both for you. Okay. If this, I lose, we're shaking. I wish we had a picture for this, but I, I'm wearing something, not, and you don't want to take it. Yeah, no, it. I'm not going but, to today, sorry. But anyway, oh, God, Lorraine's saying red, red to win. Yes, Lorraine. I am not shaving. Anyway, so my beard versus you and your pride and your everything on the line. I don't have pride. I can make a cake. Um, well, you, in your mama's well, that and also saying that George is the best. That's true. Uh, that uh, you'll have to come here live on radio and say George is the man or George is the best. You, your choice in words. But, gotcha. ba- but basically, guys, yep, uh, Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns will be taking place at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view on July the 9th. Uh, and again, I'm going for Braun. She's going for Roman. But Roman Reigns not only surprised the world as, uh, at last week's Raw, but he also surprised the everyone at home because here was a guy saying, hey, I got a major announcement come uh, Monday Night Raw. And here we were thinking, because the internet wrestling community was tending to spread a rumor that Roman Reigns was going to face Bro- uh, Bill Goldberg at SummerSlam. But Roman Reigns hit us with a swerve and said, no, He's challenging the Universal Champion at at SummerSlam uh, and practically throwing it out there and saying, yeah, hey, what you thought was not right. Again, internet wrestling community at its best. But guys, again, Roman Reigns will be facing the winner of Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar at, at SummerSlam. I almost said WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Honest to God, the fan in me, I'm not going to lie to you, Red, the fan in me wants to say Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns, but realistically, I think we're going to see Lesnar Reigns 2 at SummerSlam. We'll see. we got to get first by the first pay-per-view first to make sure that you watch the second pay-per-view with no beard. 
I hate you so much. <laughs> you you are such an evil doer. Now, talking about evil. Oh no. <laughs> talking about evil, this is a soft spot to many women, including you. And as a matter of fact, you almost shed a tear before we went on the air. Uh, but oh, I hate you so much, Lorraine. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I'm doing the yes count right now. We'll be shaving your beard. I am not shaving my beard. We'll see about that. Basically, guys, long story short, finally we saw what we all expected. And not that was, what we wanted. Well, not what I wanted. Well, they, listen. Okay, I have to ask you a question. Do you remember when the shield broke up? Okay. So what do you consider more, what was more depressing? The shield or Big Cats and Enzo? Big Cats and Enzo. No, I think it was The Shield, man. The Shield lasted, well, if you count NXT, yeah, Big Cass and Enzo were together more. But The Shield was like that brethren, that, that three-man group that you never thought would break up. And then they did. I mean, I think they were all, um, we saw it coming, they are all alpha males. So I knew, you know, kind of yeah, every, but, every good, you know, singing band that he Oh, God, 3MB. Don't even remind me of that. Thank God Drew McIntyre is back. But uh, but basically, I feel like The Shield was more depressing, man. Honestly. Like, to to me this day, well, no. Three-way dance. Shield, breaking up. Big Cass and Enzo. How about Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho? Well, who didn't? Yeah. But if you play the freaking Titanic song behind it, it's the most depressing thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I am pretty sure you've seen those memes. Yeah. It, like crying. Huh? Enzo was crying. You know, that has to be the most amazing thing about that breakup. It, it, and, and I'm not trying to say, hey, I, I love seeing him depressed. I'm just saying that shows you how much emotion that man had into his segment. Of course. I mean, to be honest with you, I like where they're going. I actually want to see them both as separate competitors. Not happy they broke up because, you know, they were a great duo. But I'm definitely interested in seeing how they're going to go about their careers now in their own separate ways. I personally could see uh, someone like Enzo actually enter the cruiserweight division, which obviously the cruiserweight division need that. Mm. In my opinion, like I think he'll be perfect to feud with. With uh, with uh, what's his name, Neville? Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually think he will be a perfect match, uh, against Neville, just for the fact that you know you have a perfect guy with a perfect mic skill, uh, and, and needless to say, I, I feel like Enzo is one of those people that are needed in the cruiserweight division. Now, now, mind you, uh. Are you choking? I think you can't breathe. <laughs> Airball. <laughs> oh my god. That that's the, the great thing about live radio. Yep. We have fun and it's live. <laughs> and I just coughed up a hairball because Red, you just mentioned a great cue. And I, Next week, though. You want to do the honors as you're a woman and you respect these women? Hey, I respect these women, but hey, you're a woman and I respect you for being a woman. 
You want to announce that? We'll leave it till next week, though. Oh. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Well, basically teasing the fans like that. <laughs> if you want to know what, of course, Red Velvet is talking about, make sure you tune in next week about that. Then. Yep. Because you're going to be left in the air just like that for seven days. Red Velvet is going to go heel on you. Not true. Maybe not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Good Lord. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and reach out to our special guest, the incredible Huck, Will Huckabee, former NWA Continental Champion, part of the PWA 500, ranked number 395, I believe. Do you know what it is to be on that list? Hello. Uh, hello, Mr. Huckabee. What's on? Going on? What's going on? Not much. Welcome to Russell City Radio, man. This is your city. We're here to hear your story. I'm here with Red Velvet and myself. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. You know, enjoy this beautiful day. Well, it, it, as long as it's beautiful for you, we're we're melting over here, man. <laughs> we are literally melting. I'm like creating a tan on top of a tan over here in Miami. Oh, but you know what, man? Miami is such a beautiful city, man. I love, I love the city. Um, I love the people. Speaking of which, uh, a good friend of mine from that area, a uh, great wrestling fan, um, J.J. Johnson and stuff. Uh, I know a lot of the, the, the guys and ladies down there in the, the South, South Florida NBC know J.J. and stuff. He just passed away. So I wanted to say rest in peace and stuff real quick uh, to my friend J.J., well, that is super, super respectful for you uh, of you, uh, Mr. Huckabee. You know, uh, it's it's not every day that we have someone that takes their time to spe- send out their you know wishes and and condolences like that here on the show, and and I really and on their own too. So, mind you, I appreciate that very much. We actually had a ten bell salute for him to open up the show uh, and a prayer. So thank you very much for those condolences. I'll make sure that the family or some of his friends get that notice from you. Oh, thank you, man. And, you know, he was a, hey, we, I know that we can't take up all day talking about him, even though we could. But, you know, I've met him a few times and stuff, man. But from the first day I met him, he was such a really good, genuine guy and stuff, man, a great fan of wrestling, great supporter of wrestling. I wish everybody was like him. Um, so, it, you know, it's just real sad to see someone like him pass away. No, it is. It is very depressing. He was a true definition of a supporter slash fan. And, uh, and like you said, if everyone was like him, you know, everything would be peaceful. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's a great thing. It, look, I, I'm going to go on record and say this. We are very lucky that we had him that not had him at all. Exactly, definitely. Uh, I'm going to say a quick story and stuff, man, um, to show you how awesome he is. It's, uh my first time wrestling down in Florida. I was wrestling for Brain Buster Pro and stuff, and uh, for some reason I was just slacking on, like, travel plans. Usually I have all of my stuff organized of where I'm going to stay and try to make sure I have a hotel close to the venue so I have to travel across town and places we can eat at that's close to the venue. And uh, that first time, man, I was just so excited to go to Miami that I just completely – forgot to do anything, and um, he really took care of me, you know, he, he was like, hey, well, here's this great bar that we can go at, um, went to the bar, uh, bought drinks and stuff for me and a couple of other guys and stuff, hung out, had a great conversation, and then he was like, well, hey, where are you guys staying at, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to try to find a hotel somewhere, and he was like, no, you know, we have this huge room and stuff, it's this suite, 
uh, this hotel not far by. Like, you you and your friends can crash on the couch here and stuff, man, you know, and it'll be all right. We still have beer in the refrigerator. You guys can have a couple of beers if you want to. You know, it's no problem. And, uh, you know, you don't find a lot of people that the day they meet you, they're inviting you to stay in their hotel room and drink all their beer and stuff, man. So yeah. that that's just a small story of how great, not like, not only him but his wife is, uh, how, how good of people they are and how, how awesome he was to just in, in in just regular life, you know. Some people are fake, uh, and they'll be cool with you at the show, and then once the show is over with, they don't know you. And uh, JJ wasn't like that. Like if uh, his friends liked you, if his friends called you a friend, and you was cool with him and stuff, man. So I can't, I can never say enough good things about him. Yeah, I I completely agree. And and Mr. Huckabee, you know, you being also <clears throat> a parent, if I'm correct. Um, and on top of that, being a family man and, and supporting families. And even you said yourself, being a wrestler is practically, you know, just the next best thing to being a parent. You know, to JJ, he was also a parent, uh, but he was a grand, a grand supporter of the business. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you, as a person, as a parent yourself, you know, you were reminded of what a what's truly is to be a fan of this business. Uh, tell us how important it is, man, to never lose that that fan, that ownership, that like never forget your past per se. Man, it's it's super important. In my opinion, it's super important to never forget that before you were a wrestler, before you were a manager or a referee, before you became a part of the wrestling business, you were a fan of the wrestling business. Um, you know, I hate, you know, I'll call people, I'll, I'll use the term marks, um, but I try not to use it in a negative way because I'm still a mark for wrestling. I can still go back, I can still sit back and watch a New Japan pro wrestling show or CMLL or AAA or Progress or Evolve or any number of indie wrestling shows and sit back as a fan and just enjoy the story that guys are saying, that guys are trying to tell in the ring. Um, I think that when people lose sight of the fact that they were a fan of wrestling first, um, is the moment they need, to, they need to get out of the business because that's when you stop enjoying what you're doing. Uh, and when you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it becomes a job. And it's not, you know, then it becomes a job and it becomes work and everybody hates working. Everybody hates having a job. You know, it's like that old saying goes, if you find something that you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and once you stop being a fan of professional wrestling, once you, once you let these people in the wrestling business uh, tell you to stop being a mark, stop acting like a fan. That's when you're going to stop enjoying what you're doing. Yep. I, I think I've heard some of the great veterans in our business saying uh, that the biggest mark uh, that there is in wrestling is yourself because uh, in order to go out there in tights or per se, or how these veterans even taught me when I was training uh, uh, or trunks and et cetera, or, in their own words, to go out there in your own, looking like you're wearing underwear, you have to be a mark of yourself and a mark for this business to do what you do. So I completely agree with what you're saying there. Oh, exactly. Like uh, Manny Fernandez told me that. He was like, because I was really, the first time I met Manny Fernandez, I was really afraid to ask him for an autograph. He was, I was a huge fan. Um, and he's the one that told me, he was like, you know, the biggest marks in professional wrestling are the professional wrestlers because we love this business so much that we decided to become a part of the business. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's easy to be a fan of something. It's easy to watch something and enjoy it. But, you know, when you 
say, hey, I love this so much that this is what I want to do, that's when you know that you're a super mark. <laughs> and you went from just mark to super mark. And, and mind you, I, I was speaking to Red about this. Uh, I don't know if it was on the air, Red, or off the air. But uh, I was talking to Red, and now that you mentioned super, uh, Mr. Huckabee, I have to ask, man, because with your nickname, The Incredible Hulk, that has to, to reference in some way to the Marvel Universe, obviously to the Incredible Hulk. So I have to ask you, man, at fan to fan, what, what do you think of these Marvel films and the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I love the way the Marvel, the Marvel Universe is, uh, is doing things. I love the way that uh, the Marvel Universe has transformed or I don't know how they've taken it from the comic books to the movies. And if you watch every Marvel comic book or every Marvel movie, you know, they all tie in somewhere. Um, even though, like, I love the Incredible Hulk. He's my second favorite superhero. My my biggest, my favorite superhero of all time will be Superman. Uh, so I'm really hoping, you know, DC will take a, take a couple of notes from Marvel and stuff, um, especially with the Justice League movie coming up. And they just, you know, they just released one. DC just released one of the greatest comic book movies, in my opinion, ever made with Wonder Woman. I hope that they're going to yep. take some notes from the Marvel Universe and make sure that all of their movies tie in. Did, by the way, Mr. Huckabee, did you ever get a chance to, uh, to see that also? I believe it was um, when Zack Snyder uh, uh, stepped down as director of Justice League because of a family emergency, I believe it was. I think it's his daughter, if I'm correct, that both Marvel and DC joined up uh, for a one-day uh, team-up just in, in memory of Zack Snyder's uh, family issue. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, I definitely saw that. I thought it was super touching, man. I wish, you know, it's so funny that, like, other other businesses, other forms of entertainment can always join together, either for a common cause, whether it's charity or somebody's family, or whether it's for money, um, whatever the case may be. But for some reason, professional wrestling, professional wrestling promoters could never do something like that. You could never, you would never see um, WWE teaming up with, you know, WCW, or you'll never see Evolve teaming up with ROH for a common cause, no matter how big the cause was. They'd never team up. And, and that's, that really disappoints me when it comes to professional wrestling because uh, there's not, even though it seems like there's a million professional wrestlers in the world, there's really not. There may be uh, 2,000 very talented professional wrestlers in the entire world. Uh, 2,000 good to great guys in the entire world, which is a very small niche community. You would think that we as a very small niche community could gather and join together uh, for a common cause, whether it was for charity, whether it was for to, to honor somebody's family or memory of somebody, or if it was just to make a lot of money. But you'll never see that in professional wrestling. Yeah, like I agree. Like it's a, a little bit of greed and, and, and like mixed into all of that, and a, a lot of ego per se, yeah. and a lot of pride. Uh, so it, it's a mix of a lot of things, a lot of emotions and, and physical things when it comes to uh, cross booking. I think is what it's called. But like, what do you think is necessary? Because you've been in this business for a little over ten years, Mr. Huckabee. You know what you're saying. You know what you're feeling. You know what you're doing. So with your expertise and with your background, what do you think is necessary in order to do that, in your opinion? 
Um, I think that, and, and this is going to sound messed up, but let me let me explain it. It's going to take a phasing out of the old guard into the new guard. Uh, I think that, which is why I love working with young talent. I've been, you're right, I've been doing this for a little over 10 years now. So in that, you know, I kind of feel like guys in my expert, in my uh, experience level with the bridge between the true old school veterans and these young guys, uh, the flippy floppity guys, as as they like to call them. Um, it's going to take a phase, the phasing out of the old guard um, because nowadays, you know, these young guys, the, the young talent. When I say guys, I mean females as well. So please, uh, for any any of your fans listening, don't think I'm being. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like a male chauvinist or not. I'm just, you know, speaking in general. Uh, this these, these young talent stuff, they're all about having a great show. They're all about working together. Uh, yes, some of them do have egos, but the majority of them don't have egos. They just want to have a great show. They want to have great matches. They want to perform in front of, uh, in front of thousands of fans. Um, and they have no problem working together. Hey, you know, let's, let's – I don't care what – company you're affiliated with, is it going to be a good match? Are people going to come to the to see this match? Cool, let's do it. Um, your champion versus my champion, let's flip a coin in the back and see who wins. We don't care who wins as long as we have a good match. Uh, so it's going to, for professional wrestling to get, in my opinion, for professional wrestling to get to that point where you can move past egos and companies can work together and cross-promote and you get to see a lot of these dream matches, uh, not only on the indies, but on the bigger wrestling companies, it's going to take the steady phasing out of the old guard. Uh, we're starting to see that now in WWE. Those, you know, 10 years ago, you, there was no chance in hell you would see an indie darling like El Generico or Kevin Steen or Daniel Bryan, any of these guys who have made their money on the indies for 10, 15 years. They never would have came to WWE. Uh, Vince McMahon never would have signed them. But you see, as he starts stepping away from the business and Triple H and Stephanie, uh, they start taking more. They start taking more responsibility in the day-to-day operations. You're starting to see these guys who've been working on the indies, traveling around the world, honing their craft, uh, making money and making their own and making a name for themselves. You're starting to see them getting signed and getting exposure on the bigger stage, and that's what it's going to take. And with being ten years in the business, Mr. Huckabee, like, what do you think of the evolve? Uh, of pro wrestling because like yeah you like you were saying like all of these indie wrestling darlings uh, uh as they call them like the Sami Zayn's the El, aka El Generico Kevin Steen now known as Kevin Owens all these guys wouldn't even made it in the WWE now you see them all there and, and with Triple H and like how you said Stephanie now almost looking like they're taking charge the business is definitely evolving and with the biggest you know dog in the yard changing into that uh, then, of course, the indies are also being affected by it because of saying, hey, this is what the big guys are looking for now. So what do you think of the constant evolve of pro wrestling to this day? Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that the evolution that you're seeing in professional wrestling right now is due to WWE. Uh, I know usually uh, WWE sets the trend for what goes on in professional wrestling, but I think that we're starting to see a reversal of that. I'm starting to feel like, I'm starting to see personally that it's the indies that is making WWE change. Uh, this is, In my opinion, this is the greatest time in the history of mankind to be a professional wrestler. Never in the history have we ever seen so many guys turn down contracts with WWE. Uh, you know, you've seen the the uh, uh, the ricochets, the Kenny Omegas, the Young Bucks, consistently year after year turning down 
seven-figure deals, six, seven-figure deals with WWE because they're making such a good living on the indies and they're in control of their brand. Uh, because of that, WWE has kind of had to change, in my opinion. They've had to change the way they do business. Uh, and I think that the more the more guys on the indies, guys and ladies on the indies, uh, build their own brand, start making these deals with these companies. Like we've seen uh, the Elite make a deal with Hot Topic to where they just released a tweet this week saying that they had so much demand for their shirts and stuff in Hot Topic that now uh, the Elite merchandise will be sold in every Hot Topic store in America and Canada. Once you start seeing things like that happen on the indies more and more often, you'll start seeing WWE change their business model. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I have to say, uh, for the record, I'm actually waiting on those elite t-shirts to make it to Hot Topic. I'm, I'm actually one of those guys that go to Hot Topic almost every day saying, hey, have you guys received the Bullet Club t-shirts? Because I'm one of those guys. Uh, you know, I like Ring of Honor, no offense to them, they're barely here in Miami. And nowadays, for Bullet Club merchandise, you have to wait for ROH to be in town or, or purchase it online. But now with them... Uh, marketing with Hot Topic and stuff, hey, it's great for fans. Uh, it kind of gives a bigger outreach to fans to purchase merchandise. It, you could even purchase, I believe, WWE merchandise at Hot Topic now, too. Uh, so, like, wrestling, in my, in my opinion, Mr. Huckabee, uh, I feel like it's growing to a case where, hey, you don't have to go to a wrestling event anymore to support these guys because now you can purchase their merchandise at the Hot Topics. Even via social media and even on the web, like, like what is the business even growing to a certain extent too? Oh yeah, the business is definitely growing because of the internet, because of social media. Uh, the business of professional wrestling is growing. Uh, professional wrestling is a multi-billion-dollar industry now, and what most people don't realize is that the average in the, the average wrestling fan is not some you know, dumb, uneducated person in the South or whatever, you know, they're not these guys who love, I mean, although there are Dutchmatch fans, they're not uneducated. The average wrestling fan uh, has a college degree. The average wrestling fan makes forty five dollars to $60,000 a year. Um, so with that being said, there's a lot more money being brought into wrestling, into the wrestling business. Um, I think that even though people, I, I, I love the fact that people, you have, thing, you have uh, websites like ProWrestlingTees.com uh, where, guys, where, you know, if a wrestler, you're watching this wrestler and you're a fan of his and he's not in your area for a while, you can still support him. I still think that fans should go out and support their local independent wrestling company uh, because that's where you're going to see the stars of tomorrow. Uh, it's cool. Don't ever, I'm never going to tell somebody don't order pay-per-views because you should definitely order the pay-per-views for a company that you like. Um, the more that you order, you know, the more you spend your money on a certain company, the better that company will do. Uh, and if you don't like something, don't support it, and it'll go away. Uh, I don't believe that you should bash a company and say, "Oh, this company sucks ass." You should never, you should never go buy a ticket. I think that the fans will make that the, the fans will make that decision themselves by showing you uh, where they're going to spend their money at. So support, you know, independent wrestlers. Support the, the wrestling companies. Buy their merch online. Order their pay-per-views. But don't forget to go out and actually see the action live. Because in my opinion, watching a, a – there's nothing like going to an independent wrestling company. Yeah, going to WrestleMania is great. I think every wrestling fan should go to a WrestleMania just for the experience, to know what yep. it's like to be – 
surrounded by sixty to eighty to ninety thousand other wrestling fans. But at the same time, you don't get that intimacy like you would at an independent company, whether it's Evolve, ROH, you know, your local ABC independent wrestling company. Um, you don't get that same interaction. It's a totally different experience going to an independent wrestling company and, and seeing wrestling live where it's like five to ten feet from your face. Well, mind you, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And on top of that, like, I feel like independent companies are also growing by the numbers. Um, it's giving the opportunity for you guys to work in in other locations, uh, giving an opportunity to uh, for fans to even go and visit other organizations that might be giving us a little something different. So my last question before I turn it over to Red Velvet here, because uh, Red Velvet, she's an upcoming uh, young lady here in the business, and, and mind you, she's listening to everything you're saying, but I have to say, um, it, it, with a growing number of independent companies, Mr. Huckabee, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? It's a double-edged sword. Um, it's good because the more places there are, there's more opportunities for for for, for people to work at. Uh, and I'm, of course, I'm going to support more jobs in professional wrestling. Uh, not only if you have more wrestling companies, that means you know more wrestlers have an opportunity to work uh, several days a week. You have you know guys. In my opinion, you know you have guys, camera crew, commentators, referees, sound, lights. The person punching the tickets at the door, concession stands, you know, um, you, everybody gets a job. You know what I'm saying? There, there's more jobs for everybody. Uh, but at the same time, where there's more, you know, things get, certain areas get watered down. Um, wrestling's not as special because you got, you know, company number one running here this week. They're running in the armory this week, and then company number two is running the same armory next week, and then company three is running the same armory two weeks later. Um, or they're, you know, or they're within, you know, an hour. They're in towns, like, within an hour of each other. So it does kind of water the product down um, because it doesn't make it that special. And now fans, uh, because, you know, not everybody's rich and, even though the, the economy is starting to do better and stuff, money is still tight for a lot of families. So now, you know, families have to choose. Families and fans have to choose what company I want to go to, what company do I support. Um, and, you know, at the same time, competition breeds success. And, and the more competition you have, the better you're going to have a product. But at the same time, it's a bad thing because now wrestling is not as special as it usually is. I yeah, I see where you're going at with that, and and thank you very much for your words on that. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn over my microphone over to uh, the young lady here, Miss Red Velvet, now. But uh, thank you. If I have any other questions, Mr. Huckabee, I'll definitely uh, pick it up after Red. But uh, Red, uh, Mr. Huckabee is all yours. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, uh, of course, I first wanna thank you for coming on the show. But uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, about the new generation and loving to work with them because everybody wants to work together. You've been in the business for a very, very long time now, and uh, you've wrestled long enough to see it evolve. How have you evolved along with the generation as well? Um, well, I think that me myself, I, I listen to a lot of guys. I'm, you know, thank you for, first of all, thank you for making me feel old by saying I've been wrestling for a long, long, <laughs> um, but you know, um, now the social media, uh, is a huge thing. If, if you're not, if you don't have a huge social media presence, uh, you're behind the curve and stuff. And so, uh, 
I've you know, I talk to younger guys, I talk to younger ladies and stuff as far as, hey, for tips on how do you promote yourself on social media, how often do you tweet, how often do you post on Facebook, what do you use your Instagram for? Um, a friend of mine, Juggernaut, that lives in Virginia and stuff, um, he's got several endorsement deals because um, he's been, you know, he goes to the gym and he works out, and he'll just, you know, put post a picture on Instagram, and he'll just start hashtagging uh, the companies that he the company for the T-shirt he wears, the shorts, shoes, the energy drink that he, or the the pre-workout that he uses, the BCA, all the supplements that he used that day, uh, and you, you know he told me he was like, if you repeatedly do this, they'll start noticing it. The more likes you get on these pictures, uh, once you start getting so many likes, they'll contact you. Uh, same thing with merchandise. I see guys with some amazing merchandise at their tables and stuff. You know everything, and it's more than just the T-shirt, pictures, wristbands. Um, you know, guys have custom masks. There was this one kid, Jack Tatum, uh, from Georgia. He trained at WWA4. Uh, his mother was working at his gimmick table, and he had, you know, uh, those little tattoos and stuff, those little, little tattoos that your kids use. Um, I was like, hey, what the, are these tattoos? And she was like, yeah, there's like little tattoos. You take them, put some water on it, and boom, the tattoos last for like a week or whatever. Oh, man, that's amazing. Uh, another yeah. buddy of mine, you know, went online and got these the wrestling belts and stuff, and he bought them for like two bucks, sells them for five. Uh, so, I, you know, I talked to them as far as merchandise, social media. Um, they have and a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers and stuff with, with, have great ideas. A lot of these young guys have great ideas as far as, stories to tell in the ring and different moves, combinations and stuff. Um, I had a, another young uh, another young talent and stuff. It was like, hey, Will, the stuff you do is really good, but have you ever thought about, you know, using a bunch of combinations in your matches? What are you talking about? Well, you know, um, like video games. Uh, they have like, you know, six, seven-move combos and stuff, and the more combos you do, the more moves you put in the combo, the more devastating that last move is. You should think about doing something like that in your matches. You know what, kids, you're right. I think I will do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's helped me a lot with my ring work. <laughs> Red, if, if I may, I, the nerd in me just came in. I'll let you ask that next question. <laughs> but, Mr. Huckabee, now that you're mentioning combos, man, I can only imagine. Uh, when you're in the ring, man, do you ever think of sometimes when you're in that ring and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, that, and all of a sudden in your head, after you do that move, you're thinking like a Mortal Kombat saying like fatality or combo breaker or something. Are you ever thinking something like that? Like the inner nerd? I, um, I actually will. I, I will actually say that. Sometimes I'll yell it out. Sometimes I'll say it underneath my breath while only the other guy can hear it. But yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, uh, I'll be in the ring having a match whatever. The guy's doing something and I'll hit him out of nowhere. I hit like a European uppercut and I'm like combo breaker, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just something to keep the... Just, just something to keep, you know, the match, uh, uh, you know, something to have fun with. Um, I think that a lot of times guys are way too serious. I mean, yes, there's a time to be serious, but you don't always have to be serious all the time, you know, especially when you're in there working with somebody. Uh, and when you're working with young talent, you know, they're already nervous to be working with you. They're already afraid that they're going to blow spots and stuff. So you want to make sure that, hey, look, just stay relaxed. We're going to have fun. It's going to be real easy. Yeah, you're going to be sore tomorrow, but, you know, I'm not going to be mad if something gets blown up. I'm not going to be mad if, if a spot gets blown off, you blow, or if you mess up or, you're, or your timing is off. It's okay. You know, so just doing small things like that in the ring kind of helps keep the guys that you're in the ring with relaxed. Yeah. No, and we definitely, I mean, uh, like myself, just starting off, definitely appreciate uh, veterans uh, treating us like that in the ring because, you know, 
those first few matches, you know, you just a big ball of emotion. But I really, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And I'm really happy to hear that, you know, you do that with all the newcomers that you get. But uh, you said that you mentioned, you know, seeing all these uh, new generation little trends, the tattoos. Have you been in a show where you've seen something that's really stuck out to you? Like anything from what someone's selling to what they did in the ring or what they're wearing? Something that just stuck out to you? Um, I'm, you know what? I'm amazed probably, I'm amazed probably almost every show I go to now um, with the influence that the younger generation um, has on the older generation and the things that, and of course, and to tell you the truth, I'm a huge fan of women wrestling, of female wrestling. Um, so I'm usually, you know, I'm always watching the, the ladies' matches and stuff, and I'm always yeah. amazed. And I'm always amazed at the level of athleticism uh, that a lot of the ladies have and stuff. And most of the time, I'll tell the promoter, like, look, what's the, what, what's the matches? Oh, it's these two chicks? Hey, can I go on before they go on? Because I really don't want to have to follow that shit if I don't have to. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you have a Priscilla Kelly or a Casey Carlisle or, you know, a Kiera Knight, I'm sorry, Kiera, Kiera uh, Hogan, or, you know, um, any number of these ladies, even Astrid Rose, who, who's a young talent from down in, in Florida also, um, these ladies are killing the show. And it's just like, I don't really want to have to follow this match if I don't have to. Um, yeah. but, as far, but as far as getting to your question, you know, I see things all the time. It's incredible. I've seen uh, young guys um, have, like, their own bottle of water. They just buy a bunch of bottled water, and they print up some labels, and, they put their, and they'll put the label on the bottle of water, and they'll sell it. Hey, I got my own water. You know, yeah. um, I've seen I've seen guys do moves that like you know, and they're not like high flying you know six thirties or nothing. It's just certain ways they do certain moves. I'm like, oh my god, that's really creative. Uh, for instance, um, I don't know if either one of you watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, but during the best of the Super Juniors tournament in a tag match, Chase Owens did like a slingshot. Uh, it was like a spine buster into the top rope. The guy did a slingshot back into a Death Valley driver. And I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That's, yep. Who, who, how the hell did he think of that? And I saw him like two, three weeks later. I was like, hey, man, so that move at the best of the Super Juniors tournament. He was like, oh, the spine buster, slingshot, Death Valley. Yeah. Where'd you come up with that? Oh, we were just playing around with some, with some young lines. And I, you know, I was going to give a guy a spine buster. And we were too close to the ropes. And he came back. And I just called him to a Death Valley driver, like. Just happened out of nowhere. Um, so I'm always, you know, there's never been one specific thing that I can say, oh, God, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Uh, I see guys who do gimmicks, which are amazing. Um, there's a gentleman, LFA, Manny Martinez, up in the New York area, who is, in my opinion, is the spitting image of Little Joker from Friday After Next. Um, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be working with him uh, this Saturday at NWA Mid-Atlantic in North Carolina. Um, sounds like him, looks like him. He, wear, he wrestles with a beanie on, and the beanie never moves. He wrestles the entire match oh with a beanie on. It's the most amazing thing I've seen. I was like, oh, God, that's so great. Like, what the hell? Um, you know, you see the – I love it because you get to see a lot of, these young, a lot of the young talent evolve and stuff. Um, like Ken Lee, uh, who's now Ken J. Bray, uh, Joseph Agal, um, Slade Porter down in Florida. Um, I remember watching Slade Porter's first matches, and I was like, oh, he's okay, you know, whatever. And now just watching him evolve and become better and better and better is just amazing to me. Yeah, 
I mean, the generation is changing, but I'm glad that you're taking it all in and and rolling with it. That's that's awesome. Um, well, that, that's something I learned from uh, being a huge wrestling fan and watching like The Undertaker. And no matter how many times, no matter no matter what, through twenty plus years, he was always The Undertaker. Just different facets of his personality came out. At one moment, he was the 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 dead man, and then he was the American badass, and then he went back to being. Then all of a sudden, he was an MMA fighter. And then, like you know, close to his the end of his career, he went back to being the dead man and the phenom. So. If you, longevity in this business, and Velvet, listen to me. And if you don't take nothing else from what I say in this interview, um, if you want to have, if you want to have longevity in this business, you have to know how to evolve. You have to know how to change with the times. You can't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and do something different. Um, the great, the greats in this business have always learned how to evolve with the times. You know, you look at the Shawn Michaels, you look at the Undertakers, you look at, you know, the Ric Flairs, guys like that. Like, they've always known how to evolve with the times. And if you want to have a great career, you have to know how to, you have to know how to change. You don't have to change who you are. You just got to change. It, it can be something as small as going from uh, wearing trunks to long tights, you know, yeah. and it's something different and you're evolving with the times. Yeah. Well, I'm very uh, grateful for, you know, this interview. Every interview that we have is just a growing and learning experience for me. So any little that I can soak up and get to pick at you guys' brain, I'm very grateful for. So I want to thank you for that, and I want to thank you for answering uh, all my questions. And hold on, hold on, over- hold, hold on, hold on. You can't no, no, you don't, don't think that you're just gonna ask me three questions and I'm like, all right, because I don't, because I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to say nothing. Put my foot in my mouth and like he might, you know, he might, you know, talk shit about me later or you know, get me banned from wrestling here and there. Like just like getting off the hook. Where are you from? Uh, I am from straight out of your mama's kitchen, first and foremost. But I grew up. Born and raised. Uh, here in Florida, Miami, proud Miami girl. Uh, I've been in the business for about a year and a half now, so I love picking at the brains of every veteran that I come across. It's a little intimidating sometimes, you know, because we are in this business and there's a big mix of personalities. So, I mean, every veteran I get to work with, I look up to them regardless because, you know, you guys have paved the way for us newer generation but it you know it's a little scary sometimes you don't know how the person's going to react to you you know wanting to pick their brain or if they're having a bad day so yeah i was trying to get off the hook but you can't so i'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm tell you like i think that wrestling has changed um the dynamics the the locker room dynamics of professional wrestling has changed so much because um Back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe the early 90s, it was, hey, if you're a greenhorn, get in the locker room, shut your mouth, and don't say anything. You know what I'm saying? It was just sit in the corner, uh, speak when spoken to. And nowadays, you know, a lot of what I guess what you would call vets, uh, guys and ladies who've been working 10, 8, 10, 15 years, like we want to talk to you. Uh, to to the younger generation, we don't mind giving advice. Uh, we want you to say, "Hey, you know, can I ride with you guys in the car?" Yeah. So, so with that being said, you know, um, I'm assuming because 
Sue Young, uh, who's a great friend of mine, lives in the Florida area. I'm sure you're quite familiar with Sue Young. Of course. She will be in Atlanta on July 9th um, in, a tag, in, a, in a women's match at Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, I'm going to assume that you're going to contact Sue Young and be like, hey, do you mind if I ride with you to Atlanta uh, to meet up with some people just to get my face out there and meet other promoters, correct? Correct. Well, now, you know. Like, now that I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, but I appreciate it. And uh, you can hit her up and see if I'm going to hit her up today. Most definitely will, of course. And, and Mr. Huckabee, if worse comes to worse, you could always come down here and find her here in Miami, and uh, I'll point you into the right direction. If you find me first, I'll be like, oh, she's over there. And by all means, you could pick her up and be like, you're going to, I don't know, North Carolina today. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I have no problem um, because, actually, I wrestled for, you know, Brain Buster Pro down there in Hollywood, Florida. So, you know, I might call a couple people like, hey, do you know this girl named Velvet? Lives in this area? Like, oh, she's not here? Then I have to like, hey, I wonder where she's at. Hmm. Like, why didn't she show her face here? <laughs> I'm in the hot seat now. Well, Red, you know, when it comes to, uh, I guess, learning from the vets, they also ask for a certain price and say, hey, if you're learning from me, you're also going to freaking travel with me. Of course. I mean, opportunity but, yeah. opportunity, you know? Um, but that's, I'm gonna tell you like this. Um, and this is just, once again, this is just my everything I'm saying is just my opinion. Um, you can train anybody to be a wrestler. I can take a monkey and teach a monkey how to do a headlock, uh, shoulder tackle, drop down, fall over, drop kick. I can teach a monkey how to do that. It's, you have you know it's very hard to teach psychology. Uh, you will learn more in my experience, in my ten years of experience. You will learn more sitting in the passenger seat or sitting in the back seat of a car than you will ever learn inside of a wrestling ring. Um, and you're only going to get better by traveling with people who are better than you. Uh, you're only going to get better by learning from people who are where you're trying to get to. If you want to get to WWE, you know, you have to work for those companies that WWE is looking at, looking at talent at, first of all. Um, you just, unless, you know, you're super amazing and stuff, you have a great look and you know the right people, very rarely are you going to go straight to WWE from, from being a trainee. Um, so you have to learn how to get to evolve first. You have to learn how to get to Booker T's reality of wrestling. You have to know what do I need to do to get to ROH. And that's what going, that's what jumping in the passenger seat of a car with, with somebody who has experience, that's what that would do for you. You know, they might not be able to get you to WWE, but they could teach you the skills necessary to get to an Evolve, to get to an ROH, to get to an AWE or reality of wrestling, to get to, get to Wrestle Circus or whatever the case may be. Uh, which is why I always tell, you know, greenhorns, rookies, whatever you want to call them, hey, scour Facebook. You know, if somebody says I got a spot open in my car, damn it, get in that passenger seat. Hey, be the first one to volunteer. Uh, because not only do promoters, not only do other wrestlers look at that, but promoters look at that also. When when somebody like a Chase Owens or myself says, hey, look, I have a spot open in my car. I got three shows in three days. Uh, who wants to ride? Promoters will check. They'll check that out. They'll look and see. Well, who says, "Hey, I'm in. Please contact me." They look at that type of stuff because they want to see who's willing to put in the windshield time, who's willing to travel the miles, who's willing to, you know, 
take a chance on not actually having a match just to show their face. Um, you have to do that stuff in order to be successful. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and I completely agree with that. And with that being said, also, Mr. Huckabee, let me ask you something, just to get an idea, per se. Uh, being 10 years in the business, obviously your career started somewhere. Uh, you know, I have, you don't have to give us the entire story because then there will go, go the point of driving with these vets. But what is one of those stories that caught your attention that while you were in that passenger seat, quote unquote, even though sometimes, you know, not sorry, let me take that back. Uh, even in, at veteran status, people still continue to learn. What is one of those stories while you sat in the passenger seat uh, that came to your mind? Um, I, uh, actually, I wasn't in the passenger seat. I was driving, but uh, I, had a, I had a booking at NWA Smoky Mountain in East Tennessee. Um, and the promoter contacted me. And he was like, hey, look, do you mind picking somebody up? you know, and giving them a ride to show. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And they were like, we need you to pick up Damian Wayne, who at the time was the NWA national champion. And, of course, I was like, hell, yeah. Like, why would I not say no to that? Um, so I actually drove uh, three hours out of the way to meet up with him, picked him up, drove him all the way there, drove him all the way back. But what I learned on the way there um, and what I learned on the way back, because I was actually fortunate enough to work him uh, to work with him that night in the match, the critiques that he gave me, the advice he gave me as far as gimmicks go, as far as my gimmick, um, and smaller nuances that would turn my wrestling from being okay to being good um, has helped me to this day. So that's one of the examples I use when I tell guys, hey, get in the car. Um, you see guys nowadays who, if you look at somebody like Kurt Stallion, um, who was trained by Michael Elgin, was trying to get his foot in the door and stuff with a lot of these bigger promotions. He just said the hell with it and jumped in the car with, like, Team IOU and Trip Cassidy and guys like that. And it was like, hey, can I just ride with you guys and hopefully somebody will give me a shot. Um, and now you see where he's at. Same thing with, uh, with, with Joe Black, even though we don't get along right now. That's a different story for a different podcast. Um, I was traveling up and down the highway and stuff, and he hit me up and he was like, hey, do you mind if I ride with you? Um, and it was so funny because I was about to contact him and say, hey, guy, hey, man, you know, you want to jump in the car? And like, I think you have a lot of talent. You're working these little small indie shows. I think you can do better. You want to get in the car. But, you know, we contacted each other and was like, hey, do you mind if I ride with you? Hey, do you want to ride in the car? And you see where he's at now. ROH, Reality of Wrestling, guaranteeing he's going to be in WWE within the next two years, you know, things like that. Um, those are some of the examples that I tell people about when I'm talking to these younger guys, like, of the importance of getting in the car with somebody. Yeah. Uh, uh, were you going to say something? I'm sorry, Red. No, I was actually, while listening to the conversation, just brought up another question. How would you, um, I guess, what advice can you give on transitioning from, because everyone is normal at first, I guess you can say, before we start wrestling. And sometimes you put these barriers on, oh, I can't make it to this booking, I got to work and stuff like that. How would you advise the transition into slowly being able to start taking more and more bookings while not having to really deal with a real-life job, I guess you could say? Um, I would say it's open communication. Um, your relationship with your, with your job should be uh, the same as the relationship 
with the communication you have with your significant other. You just have to be open and honest with them. Tell your boss that, look, because uh, by this time they all know, hey, you're a professional yeah. wrestler. You, you know, you do the wrestling thing. And you just go up and tell them, look, you know, the wrestling wrestling's really taking off for me. Um, I have an opportunity to work a lot more shows in a lot more states. Um, I'm, there, there's going to come a time where I'm not going to be able to work weekends. I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to work. First, I would start and say, look, I can't work any more Saturdays. Um, it's just taking off, and I'm booked every Saturday, but I can work the rest of the week. Then it's like, hey, you know, I can't work, you know, Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays, whatever the case may be. Look, hey, and just tell your job, like, tell you, just be open and honest with me. Like, look, wrestling's taking off. Um, I'm, I'm working a lot more shows in a lot more different states and involved in a lot more traveling, but don't worry. I know my schedule ahead of time. I know my schedule two, three months down the road, um, and I know where I'm going to be at in September. Um, so I can give you my schedule, let you know what days I need off months ahead of time so we can go ahead and prepare for that. Yeah. So with with that being said, I have a couple of last questions here for you, uh, Mr. Huckabee. Um, you, you mentioned Damian Wayne, great friend of mine. Uh, I, I believe his nickname used to be Mr. Uh, basically, I remember him uh, representing NWA times you also the nwa uh a couple of times being one of the longer reigning uh continental champions uh of uh, of their time i believe you held it for about a total of 498 days uh man that and that's practically over a year and that's not something you see every day when a title is held for more than a year uh not even on tv do you see that now um being that long-reigning NWA Continental Champion and practically representing one of the most major companies in the entire world, what was that to you? Um, for for me, that was a that was a childhood dream realized. Um, my my mother's originally from North Carolina. I was I grew up watching Jim Crocker promotions. Um, grew up loving the NWA. I'm actually not so much a Ric Flair fan as I am a huge Arn Anderson fan. Um, so I just wanted to be an NWA champion. I was like, if I could just be an NWA champion, you know, I could die the next day and I'm fine. Um, but, you know, once you get that title, you start realizing, okay, now I have this target on my back. You know, there are, guys, there are other guys who have the same dreams and goals that I had. Uh, they all want to be an NWA champion. Um, but at the same time, it's like I have to uphold myself as a champion. So now every match has to be good. I can't have an off day. I always have to be on my A game. Um, and it, it gets very stressful, uh, for lack of a better word, because you know that you can never really just take a day off. You can never just say, all right, well, we're going to have an easy match tonight. Um, there's no such. When you when you're get to that level and you're representing a company with that much lineage and that much prestige, you can't say, all right, we're just going to take it easy tonight. Like, you have to give the fans their money's worth. Um, and then you also have to think of the person that you're in the ring with. Um, to you, it just might be, okay, well, this is just a regular match for me or whatever. But to the person that you're working with, this might be the biggest match they've had up to that point. So they might have been thinking about that since the match, since they were told that that's what the, the that since, you know, the match has been announced. That's all they've been thinking about. So as a champion, um, as a representative of the NWA, which I was at the time, um, I have a duty to the person that I'm in the ring with to make sure that I give them the match that they expected, to make sure that the match that we have, if it doesn't at least exceed their expectations, it meets their expectations. 
so you always you always have all these things going in your mind. You can never have a day off. You always have to make sure that the guy that you're in the ring with doesn't have anything negative to say after the match. You don't want guys to be like, yeah, I worked real hard to be the NWA Continental Champion. Like, and it was just like he just didn't care. Like, to him, it was just a regular thing. To me, it was a big deal, and this guy just acted like he didn't give a shit. Um, you never want that being said about you whatsoever. Well, yeah, and definitely, and, and mind you, one thing I definitely want to bring up, which is it was a very big, I, I even got a little emotional for it because uh, I believe they mentioned it was 18 years since the, uh, the last time a Rhodes family held a title. And mind you, or a heavyweight title per se, and the last heavyweight title that Dusty ever held was the NWA World Heavyweight title. Now we finally see his youngest son, uh, win the ROH world title over the past weekend, I believe it was on Friday. Uh, being you, being an NWA uh, former champion and uh, big NWA Jim Crockett promotions, uh, you know, fan, I'm pretty sure you were a big fan of the Rhodes family. And now finally seeing, you know, that curse being broken for Cody. What what did you have to say about that, man? I don't think it was necessarily a curse. Um, it was not like, you know, Cody Rhodes was cursed. Uh, it was just, you know, right, t- right time, right place, right perfect opportunity, you know, all the stars aligned for him to become a world champion. Um, I'm proud of anybody who gets to that level in this business because it takes a lot of hard work. Uh, I don't think that wrestlers, uh, I don't think that a lot of wrestlers and even so much wrestlers' fans realize how much sacrifice it takes to get to that level. And I'm not just talking about, you know, missing birthdays and family get-togethers and stuff like that, but, you know, going to the gym, not having a night off, always being on your A game, always performing to the highest level possible. Uh, And we've seen guys in this business who do all those things and still never become a world champion. You know, you have guys like Arne Anderson, guys like Robbie Piper, guys like Mr. Perfect, who were always on their A game, who was one of the greatest, you know, who was some of the greatest wrestlers ever, ever, uh, alive, ever lived, and never got to that level of being a world champion because circumstances just weren't right. Uh, as far as Cody Rhodes go, I was really happy to see the the Rhodes family um, get back to that level that we're all used and accustomed to seeing. Um, for me, it was very heartbreaking to get on the Internet and get on social media and listen to the comments uh, about his performances in New Japan or all the Indies or ROH when people are like, oh, well, maybe he should stay in WWE. You know, maybe he's not as good as he thinks he is. People don't understand, um, especially for somebody like Cody Rhodes, who has a legacy, who's part of a legacy, who's part of wrestling royalty, the amount of pressure that he that he deals with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, more than his wrestling, I think I love the fact that you never see Cody Rhodes outside of a wrestling ring in anything other than a suit. Uh, if you watch, you know, the the Be the Elite uh, YouTube show, every time Cody, every time we see Cody Rhodes in the show, he's wearing he's dress shirt, suit, tie. He he looks like a champion. Um, he dresses like a champion. He acts like a champion and stuff. So more than anything else, I love the fact that he still presents that old school 1970s, 1980s world champion look, where like the champion is the champion, the world champion doesn't wear blue jeans and a t-shirt. You know, uh, like when you've seen Ric Flair when he was having this feud with Magnum T.A. and 
Ric Flair was like, you know, I'm wearing $1,000 Gator shoes and $5,000 custom suits, and I got a Rolex watch and diamond rings, and you're wearing jeans and a T-shirt and a leather, jo- a leather jacket because you just got off a Harley, a Harley Davidson, and I just drove up in here in a limo. Um, I love when guys who are world champions present that look that, hey, look, I'm a world champion. This is what a champion looks like, custom made from head to toe. Yeah, and mind you, uh, that's one of those things that you always promoted in your entire career, uh, always be original. Because one thing that I love about you is that you're not even a gimmick, Mr. Huckabee. You're, you're you, you know, and that's original. A lot of people don't use their shoot names uh, for their ring names, per se. And I believe you took it off of uh, Kurt Angle when you did that. Um, it was, it was mainly, yes, uh, that was a, a big influence was Kurt Angle. It's like, I was thinking, um, you can have a gimmick name and you'll be known by a gimmick name and then something will change. And now, you know, this company owns your gimmick name and now you have to do something else. And we see that a lot of times with former WWE, former WWE stars where they made their name using this name and now you can't use that name anymore because Vince McMahon owns it. Nobody can own my name. Like, I'm William Huckabee. No matter what happens, I will always be William Huckabee. Sorry, you can't copyright or trademark my name. Uh, But I also believe that wrestling fans aren't stupid. And I think that me, myself, personally, I don't want to insult the fans' intelligence. They know that we have families. They know that we have lives. They know that unless we're the very upper echelon of the indies or we're, like, we have a contract with somebody, they know that we have regular shoot jobs. Uh, so when you, that's why I don't have a wrestling fan page. It's like if, you, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, if you go to my Facebook page, what you see is what you get. Like you'll see me outside the ring, and I'm a regular person outside the ring. I have kids. Um, I belong to the PTA. Uh, I take put my kids. I put my kids in the bus stop. I put my kids in the bus every morning, and we take selfies every morning for our bus stop dad video, um, bus stop dad selfies and stuff. Um, I have a wife. You know, I have friends. Um, tragedy, happiness, sorrow. You know what you see with me is what you get. But you can't mistake my family life for who I am in the ring, because me outside the ring, that's just one facet of what makes William Huckabee the Incredible Huck. Um, because I have that Bruce Banner side where I'm very calm and I'm lovable and I can spend time with my kids, but the switch for Dom, if you piss me off, now you see what happens when I'm in the ring, where you're getting thrown around and you're getting suplexed and you're getting slammed and you're getting punched in the face. Yeah, definitely. And, and I have to say, well, like what you guys always say, originality is one of those top key uh, things in pro wrestling. And my last question is this, uh, Mr. Huckabee. I, I don't know if, if Red has any last comments or questions left, but my last question is, you know, and I have to say it, it was very honorable to see this when I looked it up, but basically for your 10 years in the business, finally last year you were ranked 395 in the most prestigious list in pro wrestling, and that was PWI 500. Last year, you were finally ranked in the 395, and to me, that's a very top number. You know, shoot, it's not number 10, it's not number one, it's, it's not, you know, any 50, but it's still top 395. You know, I have to say, I could only imagine the emotions that was going through your head that time, uh, finally saying, hey, 10 years, and finally I've made it to the PWI Tell me, tell me, man, what was going on through your head when that, when that took place? 
Um, it, it was validation. Um, I know everybody's like, oh, it's a work. The PWI 500, da, 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 it's not that, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. To my opinion, in my opinion, it's a big deal uh, because that means that somebody somewhere thought that over the past, the previous 12 months, I did something, uh, my body of work, my collective body of work for the previous 12 months was enough to be recognized in this national worldwide magazine. Um, I actually, when it was uh, when I found out that I was in the, the PWI 500, I was actually uh, riding to a show with a friend of mine who was also ranked that uh, who was a couple of who was a couple of spots above me. Um, so I was like, "Oh, I'm in the I was like, "Oh, I'm in the PWI 500," and then like the next very next message was, "Oh, and this person is like you know 389." And I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Um, <laughs> but to me, it was validation that. Um, all you know, I was able to take that and show that to my parents, to my cousins, to my family and stuff who didn't understand why I was a professional wrestler. And Red, this is something that you're going to learn, you know, as you continue in your career. That if you're lucky, your family, your friends, your loved ones will support you. But the majority of the time, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins are going to look at it like, "Oh, why are you play fighting in, in spandex?" Um, and they're like, oh, you're doing your little wrestling thing. Are you still doing the little wrestling thing? And they're, and they're being very condescending. Um, it was validation for me because I was able to take this magazine and go to my parents' house and be like, look, you know, all the shit that y'all was talking about me wrestling and traveling and leaving my family on the weekends and stuff and, and, and a couple of times, a couple of days on the week over the last 10 years, you know, you was all saying it was a waste of time and I needed to quit and grow up and get a real job. Hey, look at this. I'm one of the top 500 wrestlers in the entire world. You know, and, and at that moment, that's when, like, you know, my, my dad and my mom and my cousins were all like, oh, well, I guess this really is a big deal, huh? Like, you really are, like, a big deal in wrestling. Yes, yes, I am. According to these people, yes, I'm one of the top 500 wrestlers in the entire world. There are 500 wrestlers in just North Carolina. I'm one of the top 500 in the entire world. Um, and on top of that, you know, I grew up reading the PWI 500 and, uh going through the entire list one by one and underlining every wrestler that I knew that I'd seen either on TV or the show or I read in like previous magazines. And then I would go to the list of guys that I hadn't seen and I would try to find them, you know, try to find them on tapes and stuff because back in red for the record, I'm very old. Back then we didn't have internet. You still had to like, you still had to tape trade. So, <laughs> so uh, I would like, you know, call friends and say, Hey, have you ever heard of this guy? Hey, you got, you got this guy on tape? Like, you know, where's he wrestling? Send me a tape of this guy. Um, so it was really cool knowing that maybe somewhere in the world there was this kid who was doing the same thing with my name. Like, oh, I don't know Will Huckabee. Hey, let me look him up on YouTube and see what he does. Oh, man, this guy's really good. You know, and maybe I've influenced another wrestler, a future wrestler, uh, because of that one moment. That's an, wow. Talking about an amazing story there. And Red, uh, do you have any last comments, questions? Yeah. She better. I think she better. I do. She, I do. She better. <laughs> I actually, a uh, little bi- um, light bulb went up. Uh, I might be taking too many body slams already in a year, but I actually remember switching hellos with you in West Virginia now that I think about it because I put two and two together and I remember your incredible Hulk shirt. So. Hello? 
You you sound a little bit far away, Mr. Huckabee. I'm sorry. Um, can you hear me better now? Not really. No, not. No, no, I hear you very far away for some reason. Is this better? Say again? Yeah, better. I said that. Okay. Uh, I was asking, you said you saw me in West Virginia. What company or where? Yeah, um, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and say the wrong promotion. We were actually, uh, I think I worked, that may have worked that promotion or when. I know I was in the locker room. So I remember we switched hands, and I think you were with Cedric. Alexander. Oh, I worked Cedric that day. Not sure, but I remember you. Now I think about it because I remember your shirt. And you have. I do. Yo, hold on. Um, Did you come with JB Cool? Yes. Huh? Yes. Bam! I yes, I remember you. That's right. Ha! I remember that, and I was because matter of fact, you was just you was just starting to train back then. I'm so glad you're still keeping up with it. Hmm. Yep. I wonder what happened to you. <laughs> well, look That's at that, Mr. <laughs> a year and a half in, not only is she killing it in South Florida, but now she's one of the top radio hosts of uh, South Florida podcast. Look at that. Look at you making moves, girl. <laughs> gotta do what, what I gotta do, but, right? It's crazy. What? I just thought about it now. I was like, oh my God. I knew, like, you looked familiar, but I was like, wait, wait, I couldn't put two and two together, but now I remember in the locker room. It's awesome. See, now she, well, see, now she can talk all this junk about me now because she's seen me, not like, at all. in the back. really sweet. Well, Mr. Huck- Huckabee, I think we might have a caller on the line. Um, I'm playing a risk here, but let's see what's going on. Uh-oh. Caller, you're on the air from area code 570. This is George and Red Velvet with, of course, the incredible Huck. Uh, Will Will Huckabee, who's this? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I'm Jeff and calling from Philadelphia. Hey, how are you doing, Jeff? Hey, great. Um, I appreciate you guys uh, having this show tonight and having a forum for this and and allowing me to come on. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. My well, I had a question for uh, the incredible Huck right there. I don't know if you remember. I uh, I ran into you about seven years ago. You were performing in Philadelphia, and uh, you we actually talked backstage. And you were I was just so impressed with you, and you were impressed with me that you ended up sucking my cock that night. I don't know if you remember. I ended up doing what? Uh, prank caller. Oh, but I say what? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, you know what? You know what it is, man. Look, if somebody's gonna lie, at least they're gonna lie and say, you know, that he 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 could have lied and said that he did me. You know. Right. I mean, I don't uh, know. I don't know if people. I don't know if people think that's like insulting. Like I, you know, I have a brother who's gay. I have friends who are who are gay and stuff. I don't care. Like whatever. I make jokes all the time about like, hey, you know, I'm not gay, but twenty bucks is twenty bucks. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like I wear <laughs> I wear spandex and cover myself in baby oil. Did he really think that I was gonna be insulted by something like that? Uh, well, my, mind you, uh, hey, by all means, by all means. Uh, uh, the thing is, is that they don't understand that they're calling into a, a, my radio show. I'm the the pretty much the the boss of Hey, you could call in and you could try to prank, but don't forget I have the power of the button. 
think exactly. people, are, people are haters. Like, they just want to ruin a good interview, a good conversation we have going right now, and that that's so good. It, it is what it is. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, Red, you're the one that taught me that you have fans that will hate you and fans that will love you, and it is what it is. Exactly. You know, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's, you know, you're not going to always be everybody's cup of tea. Some people like me, myself, I'm, I'm from the South. I like sweet tea. Um, do I like, you know, Earl Grey tea? Not so much, but I'll drink it. You know, do I like unsweet tea? Hell no, but there's somebody up right. in Philly, probably that, call, probably that caller who likes unsweet tea for some ungodly reason. Whatever. Right. You know, different strokes for different folks. Well, mind you, you are a heel, so maybe that was just an angry fan. <laughs> That you pissed off in Philly. Actually, I'm actually like a a baby face in like West Virginia. Yeah. Um, for for some reason, like West Virginia, like a lot more places. I'm a I'm a good guy in a lot more places for some reason. Uh, people like to see me beat up on 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 people. They they like to see me hurt people. So I get cheered more a lot more often. Than I get booed now. Well, now you heard a, the voice of a uh, uh, <laughs> of someone. That's basically from Philly, and basically, if you're booked in Philly and you match that voice to that guy, you could be like, "Oh, so you were that guy, huh?" Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's let's be honest, it's Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Like, this that's the same fans who like booed Santa Claus and and eat in the stadium and stuff when the Eagles were playing and threw batteries at Santa Claus during a Christmas game. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think this, I think when they call Philadelphia the city of brotherly love, that's kind of like a joke. Like when they call, you know. Big guys like fat guys, slim or seven foot tall guys, shorty. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, like I said, you know, those are the type of people, uh, and mind you, I'm saying this on record, these are the type of people that kind of, um, I I don't want to say ruin it because it's not the terminology I want to use, but it's, I guess, the perfect definition because those are the, the people that ruin it. For other fans who do want to call in and talk to their their heroes or their or their favorite wrestler and, and basically say, hey, you know, I, I want to talk to this guy now because of people like him, I have to stop the calls. I would, and, I would. You should, look, you should let him keep on going because we definitely could have. I, I definitely could have picked him. Yeah. I'm a I'm a professional wrestler, man. I could have showed you how to deal with a heckler. I mean, I'm no comedian. <laughs> I'm definitely no Kevin Hart. But I definitely know I could. I figured I could have got that guy. I, I definitely yeah. could embarrassed the hell out of that guy. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Hey, heckler, if you're still listening, call back in. You're from area code five seven zero. I will open up the line for you to finish the question. If you're still listening, William Huckabee wants to talk to you. <laughs> so yeah, you got. Hello, but. But hey, but you gotta as caller, if you call back, remember that you're representing like the entire city of Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? So there's somebody to listen to this because I'm gonna definitely post it online on my social media and ask all of my friends in Philadelphia who knows this guy, do you recognize his voice? And then they're gonna clown the shit out of you for getting owned by a dude that wears spandex and baby oil. <laughs> well, we'll be <laughs> waiting, but uh, basically, uh, some fans are well. One of my uh, my workers says that that guy does not represent uh, Philadelphia. Uh, she because she lives in Philly, but basically uh, I think you're familiar with her too, Mr. Huckabee. I'm talking about uh, my my COO Lorraine, which she was the reason why we got you on the show uh, due to her great booking. But basically, 
again, I'm going to give you two minutes to call in, Heckler. Uh, the, if you don't know where the number is, here, listen to my voice. He knew what the number was. I have no idea why we're so entertaining it. Hey, listen. I, I, just in case the guy became illiterate within two minutes, let me give you the number. 714. <laughs> 714-868-0222. Again, the, call, the number to call in in case you became illiterate within two minutes it's 714-868-0222. I'm giving you two minutes to call back in because Will Huckabee wants to speak with you. So uh, so during those two minutes, what should we talk about? Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, NFL? <laughs> uh, uh, what, I mean, are the Eagles still a football team in the NFL? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just saying, like, does Philly actually have professional sport teams anymore? I mean, the 76ers oh suck. The Eagles suck. Um, Their hockey team, the Flyers or something like that, they suck. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Really? Hey, it's the city of brotherly love. Come on, Mr. Huckabee. I know you're, you're, you said that you're a face in some places now more than others, but come on. It doesn't mean that you have to continue being a superhero at, at a Philly, man. Hey, he started it. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that came, the only thing that's good that came out of Philadelphia is cheesesteaks, water ice, and Rocky. And not even like actual Rocky Balboa. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll tell you right now, for, for you listening, caller, Rocky Balboa sucks. And um, Mr. T could have whooped his ass twice a day, every day, seven days a week, and twice on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what was his name in the movie? Now what? Uh, what, <laughs> what was his movie? God, um... I forgot what Mr. T's name was in the movie. Uh, golly, now now I have to Google it be, before my head explodes. But uh, you got less than a minute, caller. 714-868-0222. Let's see where those grapefruits are. If, if he ain't got no – you know, his, his mama's holding his grapefruits right now. You know what I'm saying? He has one line, and if he calls his back, his mama probably pick him on the other line in the kitchen and be like, who are you talking to? You know what I'm saying? The guy's lonely. He's probably, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's a virgin. That guy's not even a wrestling fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the kind of guy that, like, creeps for you. Red, you know the kind of guy that you meet in the bar and you just give that creepy vibe, like, you know what I'm saying? He wants to lick the side of your face and stick his thumb in your ass or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you imagine that this guy has a bunch of dead bodies in his basement or whatever. That's that caller. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Buffalo Bill sounding about Mickey Ficky. Like, whatever. Tucks his, <laughs> his privates in between his legs and stands in front of a mirror posing, putting on lipstick. Whatever, homie. Like, I'll come to Philadelphia. I don't got to have a wrestling show to come to Philadelphia. I got family and friends that live in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? I got friends that live right there on, in West Philly on 52nd and Hazel Street, buddy. So don't act like I don't know my way around Philly. You know what I'm saying? I'll come down. I'll come to Philly, North Philly. I'll come to 62nd Street. I don't care. I'm 290 uh, pounds. I'm 290 pounds, and the ground moves when I walk. Well, let me do something in <laughs> respect to you, Mr. Huckabee. Uh, I'm going to pretend like I'm a referee because I'm go I think it's less than a minute now for this caller. So let me pretend to be a referee and count him out. One, two, three. Hold on. You got to let me give him the knockout blow. You got to let me give him the knockout blow. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. For the record, caller, I'm black, and I'm going to be racist for a whole second real quick because I'm black. And when it comes to Will, the stereotype is real. So I guarantee that if you've seen the manhood on one wheel that you'd stick it in your mouth, but you couldn't get all of it in there. 
Don't be mad because mine is bigger than yours. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten. Ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Nine. The winner of the match by count out, the Incredible Hawk, Will Huckabee. I bet you that's somebody else to call in on your show, trying to be a heckler. <laughs> well, with Mr. Huckabee, thank you. We went from a very learning, very learning interview to a very funny, unexpected heckler that turned into a very fun part of the interview. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm hey, I'm from the south, man. Like, I'm a professional wrestler. Like, I told, how does how did he really think that he was like how that was gonna turn out? Did he think that he was going to make his little quip and then hang up and I wasn't going to have something to say? Like, does he not realize that on a weekly basis there's somebody in the crowd trying to heckle me when I'm wearing when I'm wearing way less clothes than I'm wearing now and they still don't win? Like, I've made people so mad. I've made friends of mine. I've told people before shows, hey, this is what I'm going to say to you if you boo me. And you're probably going to get pissed off. And, oh, you can say that. I'm not going to get mad. And I've said it, and they've gotten mad. I've had, like, legitimate death threats. I've had people – I've had to have police escorts out of buildings because of what I've said to fans. Did he really think that he was going to rattle me? What? I talk shit, chew bubblegum, and I'm fresh out of bubblegum. <laughs> oh, God. That's Roddy Piper for you right there. Oh, exactly. God. Exactly. I I dare wonder what a Roddy Piper would have done to a nowadays heckler, but um, but basically, uh, Mr. Huckabee, uh, we basically ran out of time. I thank you very much for your time. Before you go, obviously, maybe the heckler will listen to this part. Um, where can fans contact you uh, for any kind of follow if they want to follow your career, uh, whether it's a fan page, a Facebook, a so, uh, Twitter, and all that happy-go-lucky stuff. Uh, where can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of booking inquiries? And where can the fans and the heckler catch you next live? <laughs> uh, okay, well, first of all, so far as social media goes, um, you can find me on Facebook at William Huckabee, uh, last name spelled H-U-C-K-A-B-Y. Um, that's my real page. Um, if I accept you as a friend, you'll be able to get to see everything that involves being the incredible huck, everything from my kids to my wife to me going to the gym. Uh, Twitter is W-A Huckabee. Uh, Instagram, William Huckabee on Instagram. Uh, you can see, you can listen to me every week. Uh, I have my own podcast, which I'm probably going to have Red Velvet on as a guest so I can um, antagonize her some more. But you can follow Aww. me and listen to my podcast on the Angry March Network every Tuesday. Or actually, the show is released every Wednesday. Uh, it's called The Wrestling Nerdcast, uh, recorded every week. Um, YouTube, look me up on YouTube, William Huckabee, uploading stuff. Um, I really, like I said, I really didn't understand social media until I really started talking to a lot of these young wrestlers and stuff. So it really helped me up my social media game and stuff and getting material out there for the fans to see and, and new stuff for people to see all the time. Um, this weekend, uh, I will be in uh, Nashville, North Carolina for NWA Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Uh, Sunday, I will be in Greensboro, North Carolina for Firestar Pro Wrestling. Uh, they have a great thing there. I mean, I, I recommend that anybody come to Greensboro, North Carolina, and watch, check out Firestar Pro Wrestling. Uh, next weekend is a huge week um, because I will be in Pelham, North Carolina for Pure Pro Wrestling on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'm so excited, um, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, 
uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, is doing a dual show with Evolve Wrestling in Atlanta. So at 3 o'clock is the AWE show, at 8 o'clock is the Evolve show. Uh, come and check that out. You'll see a mate, like all kinds of great wrestlers, Keith Lee, um, Fred Yeha, Matt Riddle will all be on the Evolve show. On the AWE show, you'll have um, a probably, which is probably going to be the best match of the day, Murder One versus Homicide, uh, former TNA, actually TNA star Homicide uh, versus Murder One. You have Chip Day, Mark Stone, myself, Joe Black, uh, Team IOU. We're all going to be there Sunday. That's going to be really cool. Um, I'll be back in Georgia. I have, like, dates, like, all over the place. But those, that, that's the next two weeks coming up. Um, but I always post, you know, what shows I'm, be, I'm going my upcoming shows on my social media. So check me out there. As far as there's any bookers or promoters uh, who want this show to be a little bit more incredible um, and needs a heavyweight high flyer, uh, message me on Facebook. The easiest way to get in contact with me is through my Facebook page, William Huckabee. My profile pic is of my youngest son making his ice cube face. He's up there meeting, mugging the camera. Um, I love that picture. So that's why it's my profile pic. Um, don't think, for all the promoters and bookers out there, don't think that just because, you know, I'm 290 pounds that I'm not athletic. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Lucha Libre. Um, I actually trained to be a Lucha. So, you know, don't think that, oh, I just need a big, strong bruiser guy. Like, I can get in there and fly too. So. Awesome. That's well, Mr. Well, Mr. Huggabee, I do appreciate your time on the show. You were on here for a record, uh, let me see, uh, an almost a little bit of like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. So I thank you very much for taking your time and speaking all these great stories, which I'm, I, I know for a fact that we're not even scratching the surface of all your stories. But thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Like I said, um, anytime, whenever, anytime. I'm on, I always love to talk wrestling and share my meager bit of experience and knowledge with, with uh, upcoming wrestlers and fans and stuff. So uh, thank you, and as much all your listeners and fans and stuff. So support this podcast, support every wrestling podcast, and support indie wrestling. Yeah. Thank you so very much, Mr. Huckabee. And uh, Red, any last words? Before he goes, it was awesome catching up, and it's such a small world. And thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the advice. And you'll catch me around soon. Yay! I'll see you in like two weeks. Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he did the little innocent. Yay! I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> well, thank you so very much again, Mr. Huckabee. Thank you. Have a good night. Goodbye. Bye bye. All right, that was a good old Mr. Will Huckabee, uh, the Incredible Huck. Wow, an hour and ten minutes that that awesome. we spoke with him. An hour and over a little—I want to say twenty minutes because it's thirty-eight. But uh, we're running short of time. Next week, Red, you'll be revealing the secret of what you're teasing here, practically. Don't make it so big. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it basically is a little topic that you want to talk about. But next week, we're also going to be welcoming, you're going to be interviewing an Indian. Yeah. A legit Indian. Nice. He actually has a group known as the Arrow Club. Wow. And he's been wrestling some big names. As a matter of fact, he's also part of the United States Service. He's that, I believe he's a Marine, if I'm correct, or a Navy man. But uh, he, he could correct me next week when we have him on. But basically, he will be here next week. None other than Kyle Hawk will be here on the show. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to know what it is to be a wrestler, but also a Native American, a legit Native American, not a gimmick, 
an actual Native American. Do you, do you know any Native Americans? Off the top of my head right now, I can't think. Probably, probably like, pure, pure, not sure. <laughs> well, you're about to make your first Native American friend. Nice. <laughs> so, guys, next week, Kyle Hawk will be here on the show. Uh, any last words before we go? Yeah, guys, just uh, tune in. We thank you for uh, supporting our podcast. And just, you know, tune in every Monday, 6 p.m. as George and I interview some of the best of the best in this business. And callers, be nice. Come on. <laughs> well, it, it, it listen, sometimes these hecklers, don't They're get me wrong. They're yeah, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Mr. Roman will actually enjoy it. Our boss. He would have freaking enjoyed it. He would have said, hey, let him talk. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'm just, <laughs> sometimes I don't want to step over that boundary because we've had heckler, well, one heckler, mind you, this is our only second heckler out of the five years of me doing this. Basically, uh, of, uh, my first heckler being very disrespectful and bringing up uh, autism to using autism as his prank. And wow. that was very over the line yeah. uh, in my case. Hey, you could be a heckler. But don't mess with an actual disease like diabetes, autism, uh, AIDS, et cetera, et cetera. Wait, does AIDS even exist anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard of an AIDS situation in a long time. No, I'm being serious. I haven't. That's uh, great. Let's hope it's not Yeah, let's hope so, too. I really do because it was a – anyway, guys, make sure to support us here on Russell City Radio, facebook.com backslash Russell City Radio on Facebook. Instagram, Russell City Radio number two. We are also going to be releasing t-shirts very soon. Uh, you also have your Instagram and your Facebook as well, uh, if you want to plug that. Sure. Facebook.com backslash La Velvet with two T's. Instagram is La underscore, that's L-A underscore Velvet with two T's. And yes, I support us. Buy our t-shirts if you want to rub every shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com. I still gotta buy mines, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and mind you, uh, you get you one made, exclusive, custom made. Oh really? Top. With my name on it? Yeah, sure. It, well, eventually that red velvet that uh, you know that's on your shirt is gonna be an actual cooked item because you're gonna lose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, how much? Two, you, you got, got two weeks. No beard. You got two weeks. Well, you never know. You know, now I got to contact Sue Young two weeks back. Well, yeah. Hey, listen, still the competition is going to be on. Whether you're here or you're not, the competition is still on. You're right. Okay, so there's no backing out of it. I'll see you Facebook Live during your beard. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you wish. Guys, for everyone here on Russell City Radio, we are exiting the city, and uh, we're now taking out on exit number two to go back home. So, guys, thank you for very much for visiting. Don't worry, we're always open 24 hours for tourists. Make sure you're always respectful in this city because these are their stories, their struggles to triumph. Good night, folks. Good night. Thank you all for joining us. Remember to come back next Monday at 6 p.m. right here on Block Talk Radio and get your dose of reality checks.